Good morning. You know, the interesting thing about that song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, we'll get to more of it later on in the sermon here, but interesting thing about that song is there are so many different verses to that song. Uh, when it was translated, I believe it was originally writ, lit, written in Latin, and it was translated over some people changed verses, and then verses were added, and verses were added, and it's been rewritten, I don't know how many times, three or four, and more and more verses were added. So... It's such a beautiful, beautiful song. Today, I want to start off with talking to you guys about one of the most infamous sounds of the holiday season. That's that sound of the cash register. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Christmas is big business, especially here in America. So much so that Christmas decorations go up like immediately following Halloween. We watched one of our neighbors take down their Halloween decorations on the 1st, and on the 1st, start putting up Christmas decorations. Now, they justified it by putting, like, a blow-up turkey out in the front yard. So they were like, no, no, they're Thanksgiving decorations. But, but you go into the stores. I, I, we were laughing this year because it was, I think, in September, Walmart was starting to stock Christmas trees already in the store in the end of September. We hadn't, haven't even got to Halloween, and we were getting those things stocked. And we talk about this a lot, I know. But um, in 2013, I was a little old, but there was an article in Time Magazine that talked about this idea that we, that we, we kind of keep pushing Christmas. The tendency is to push the envelope around the winter holidays and, and extend them out further. Uh, retailers... Uh, a quote from the magazine said, the tendency is to push the envelope around the winter holidays uh, has been growing for years. Retailers twisted themselves in knots trying to come up with a catchy term for the day before Black Friday. They came up with a handful of notions. Um, the biggest chains kicked off their Black Friday sales. They came up with a handful of ideas like Black Friday Eve or Black Thursday. We all just used to call it Thanksgiving, Right? But we keep trying to push that. And, and Thanksgiving so far seems to be the barrier, right? Seems to kind of hold things in place for, for the, the, the big stores. But anticipation isn't completely a bad thing. The anticipation and the opportunity for the retailers to profit might not be such a great thing for us. But it is massive anticipation, right? Beyond this whole commercialization or really commodification of Christmas, lies the truth, right? Mixed in there somewhere is the truth about what's going on. And the truth is that we are people in a world that seeks joy, prosperity, and togetherness. And unfortunately, we live in a world of broken people, and we tend to try to buy our prosperity. We tend to try to buy our togetherness. We tend to try to buy joy. We do this by buying healing, belonging, and value. It's not much different than the days of Jesus in a lot of ways. In the book of Mark, in chapter 6, verse 34, it says, When he went to shore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He began to teach them many things. 
Jesus sees the throngs of people sitting out there. He sees all these people that have gathered to come and hear what he has to say. And he has compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. See, he understood that they were broken. That they were, they were looking for healing and they were looking for belonging. They were looking for value. They were in search of a Messiah. Someone to emancipate them from their slavery to sin. It's not much different for us today. It's just we tend to turn to different things than they did. The idea of emancipation and anticipation makes me think about the sounds of the season. And it made me think of the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. This particular song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, calls witness to our desire to be free and to, be, and to anticipate the coming of the Messiah. One of the verses that you can find on this goes like this. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory over the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. I really like this one. When, when I was putting this together, Sandra was helping me put together the slides for it, and she said, um, we're not singing this verse. That's all right. She also said, uh, you have in here thou rod of Jesse. Do you mean thou rod of Jesus? I said, no, thou rod of Jesse is important because thou rod of Jesse refers back to Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11 is a powerful, powerful chapter in the description of this Davidic Messiah, this Messiah that's coming to free his people who will execute justice and strength for his people. Isaiah chapter 11, starting in verse 1, it says, There shall come forth a shot. I'm sorry. There will come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what, he, what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together, and the little child shall lead them. We skip ahead to verse 10. It closes out with this. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a single as a signal for the, for the peoples, 
Of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. In that day the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time to recover the remnant that remains of his people from Assyria, from Egypt, and goes on and on to name all the places of the known world. I love this section of Scripture. Verses 2-5 through five describes a Messiah as one whom the Spirit of the Lord rests, who is concerned with impartial justice for the poor and the needy and defense against those who engage in wickedness and oppression. This is a Messiah that is about emancipation. This is a Messiah that is worth anticipating. The coming Messiah has been foretold in the prophets. He would be of the tribe of Judah. We read that back in Genesis. Amos talks about he would usher in prosperity. Isaiah talks about peace. He would be given dominion over all of the uh, uh, all, by all. He would be given dominion over all by the ancient of days, according to Daniel. The Messiah would usher in freedom and proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, in Isaiah sixty-one. And of course, the Messiah would be the root of Jesse, as described in Isaiah eleven. Today, we anticipate a lot of things in our lives. Sometimes we anticipate things that we shouldn't anticipate. Sometimes we, we fear things that we shouldn't fear. But I think with anticipation for Christmas comes a good thing. Christmas comes with all sorts of anticipation built into it. For kids, it will be, what will Santa bring? Or what will I find in my stocking? For parents, it will be, how big will that bill be when it comes in January? But Christmas comes with all sorts of anticipation, good and bad. Some of the good are like the anticipation to, to see loved ones that we haven't seen for a while, to go visit family, to take a trip and be with friends, receiving of gifts, giving of gifts, sharing food and fellowship with each other. These all build anticipation within ourselves. One of mine and Sandra's favorite things that we anticipate this time of year, some of you might not agree, but it's snow. Now, when you grow up where it hits 117 every single summer, you don't get snow in the winter, I promise you. It's impossible because Satan lives next door. You're convinced he's right there. So Sandra and I, we grew up in this desert climate in the southwest where it never snowed. But we look forward to the snow, the, the white clouds covering the horizon, the hilltops with that smooth texture to them, the evergreen trees caked with the clumps of white in them, the crispness of the air, the stand outside just right after the snow clears and hear the peacefulness that falls on the earth and the light crunch of the snow underneath your feet. It's just something that's fascinating. Especially when you grew up where winter is a toast to 78 degrees. As 
kids, we didn't really get to understand that winter season. We, 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 we colored pictures of snowmen, but let's face it, that's just a white crayon on white paper. We got to watch things like Charlie Brown and stuff like that. And we saw snow on TV, but we never got to experience it. There was anticipation there. I can remember as a kid, my parents took me to the mountains one time so that we could see snow. It was just a little patch of snow, mostly ice, and it really hurt when my sister hit me with it. But there was a lot of anticipation to see snow for the first time and to experience snow and live where it snows. For Sandra and I, we anticipate snow. For Sandra and I, we look at the coming snows this time of year with a lot of anticipation. We enjoy what they bring, this calm, all closer to Christmas, it seems that this peacefulness for us only gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The Messiah anticipated in the Old Testament has come, and he satisfies deeper longings than any Black Friday sale ever will. In fact, he executes justice for the poor and the needy those who can't afford the stuff that's sold on Black Friday. In a world that ravages and seeks out the most vulnerable, we long for Emmanuel. We long for Emmanuel to ransom the captive souls. We should long and we should anticipate for Emmanuel to come and free us to give us a sense of belonging, to teach us how to love. The King is coming this year. Can you feel it? It's in the air. Will you pray with me? Lord, as the anticipation for this Christmas season builds, and as the rest of the world begins to look at each other, with joy and love. Let us be guiding lights. Lead people to your Son, the true meaning for the holiday. Help us to show them the anticipation that they feel should be for your Son, for the Emmanuel, for the Messiah. Lord, help us to be the lights that you need us to be, that you want us to be, that you desire us to be lights that we should be. Maybe not flashy Christmas lights blinking. Possibly those lights that show people a sense of belonging, a sense of relationship that shares your grace and your mercy and your love this season with those who we get to come in contact with. We pray these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen.